welcome to our podcast of two fish and five loaves. We pray for edification, we pray for understanding, and we pray for a relationship in you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Reverend David Owens, and I want to welcome you to our podcast of uh, Two Fish and Five Loaves. Our goal is centered around lifting up the name of Jesus. We desire that you come to a knowledge of the saving grace of Jesus Christ through our conversations of faith. We all come to our understanding of faith through our practices, through our different experiences. It's my desire that we share our experiences and that we all grow together in a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. So let's talk. Today, my guest is Reverend Ora Love. Reverend Ora Love has a ministry of um, the wall of breaking down the, excuse me, wailing on the walls and other ministries, which I'm going to have her talk about in a minute. But she is a dear friend, a mentor, and I love her spirit and love her as a person. So, Reverend Love, how are you doing today? I am blessed of the Lord, my brother, my son. Ah, that's right. That's right. God bless you. How are you? I'm fine, fine. First of all, I'm going to have you give a little synopsis and talk about the ministry that you're involved with. Well, I am a founder of Church Without Walls, and Church Without Walls is a literal church without walls. But my true passion is uh, prayer and deliverance ministry, true deliverance ministry, casting out demons as Jesus cast out demons. And uh, the wailing and travail in ministry is an intercessory prayer ministry that just turned 10 years old. Mm -hmm. And uh, we uh, minister every Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to 5.30 a.m. And uh, we have about 16 people who host this ministry, and it has been such a blessing to people that uh, we have such great response and great testimonies. Mm. I also am the covering, what Church Without Walls is the covering for oral ministries, which um, also is uh, Block Talk Radio, and uh, I believe in miracles. And uh, I am also available for um, personal and corporate deliverance uh, sessions. I'm mm-hmm. available for uh, workshops for women, women's ministry, and wedding officiant. And so I do a little bit of everything and uh, in the area that God has called me to. Uh, I say a little bit of. But it's a bit busy, busy ministry, and I'm mm. I'm blessed to be uh, being used by God, being used by God at this point in my life. Mm, that's great. Uh, you know, I, I my first question to you is, how did you come to your understanding of faith, um, the faith that you're practicing at this point in time? I came to the understanding of the faith of a born-again born believer, I want to start at the beginning because when I was 11 or 12 years old living in Tennessee, I came from the South, 
born in Mississippi, raised in Tennessee, and we had what was known as the morning's bitch. And uh, they would tarry with us, that's what they call it then, every August. And so, <clears throat> excuse me. Mm-hmm. And so the the mothers would tarry with us in the daytime, and at night we would have a real revival where different pastors and preachers would come. And so you you got religion. That's mm-hmm. what you did. You got religion. And so when you got religion, you were supposed to be all right. Nobody ever told us that we were Christians. Nobody ever told us what it meant having religion. But when I was in my late 20s after my kids were born, I began to get a real understanding and a relationship of who Jesus Christ is. After I had been out in the world and uh, probably about uh, nine, ten years, walked away from what my home training was. And then I had these two kids, and the Holy Ghost dealt with me in putting them in in a, a church Sunday school, really, bringing them to Sunday school because I was raised in Sunday school. You kind of go back to your roots. Mm-hmm. And back to my roots, I began to read the Word of God. Mm-hmm. We had Sunday school, but it was just the stories that they would tell you about Joseph and Daniel and David, you know. But I began to study the Word for myself. And the Lord saved me, truly saved me, filled me with the Holy Ghost. And I began to desire Him and develop a relationship with Him that has been growing ever since. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got my understanding. Studying the Word of God. Studying mm-hmm. the Word of God. <coughs> On my own. By myself. Mm-hmm. Or I should mm-hmm. say, the Holy Ghost and I. Yes. Amen. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I know you've given some background on what, how you've been practicing your faith. How you've been putting your faith into practice and what you believe in by doing the ministries that you, you've taken uh, taken hold of. And as a matter of fact, um, it is my belief and also your belief that you have an apostolic calling, which is just not to just worry about your own ministry, but to help to further other ministries, because we all bring something to the to the body of Christ. So how would mm-hmm. you how would you, um, you know, give some advice to somebody who wants to practice um, what they believe in in the faith of Jesus Christ. How would they how would they put that faith into practice? Uh, Reverend Owens, I believe that there there comes a time in your life where whether it's an adult or a mature adult, uh, you begin coming into the adulthood, I should say, or a mature adult that you don't want to do the things, you feel an emptiness. Mm -hmm. And I believe that that is the prayers of our parents, praying and asking the Lord to draw us unto him. And Mm -hmm. so as God begins to draw, as Jesus Christ draws us unto him, I believe that the sense of a void in our lives causes us to have a desire for, and I can't say a desire for God unless our background is that, but we have a feeling of emptiness. Mm-hmm. I believe that's what happened. And and in that feeling of emptiness, you begin to want to know what it is. And the Lord always sends a man, you know, that's mm-hmm. male or female. He always mm-hmm. sends a man because one of the things that we pray for is that God will send the men. And uh, whether it's a male or female, God will put somebody in your path 
that will cause you to see something different in their lives. And I believe that's what causes us to uh, come to the Lord, seek mm-hmm. him and come to him. Is mm-hmm. that the answer to your question? Well, you, that, that, that is a very good answer. You know, one, one of the things that you have said earlier about uh, when you had children is that uh, you wanted for your children what you had, what you had the opportunity for. And that's similar to me. Um, I, when I got to be 18, uh, I, I was born and raised in a church since I was five. Mm-hmm. You know all the stories, mm-hmm. but I tell everybody I was still the biggest devil in the church. Uh, but the mm-hmm. issue is when I had, when I was 18, I thought our church had given me enough. So I left, got married, never went back to church. But when my children started to get old enough to go to, go to Bibles, uh, Bible school or, 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 or at the church, I wanted them, I wanted them to have the same, that same experience that I had, even though I wasn't yes. practicing it myself. Yes. It was, it was, it was, it was about being more than me. It was something bigger than me. And uh, yes. you, you spoke about that, that yearning that, that's inside of you, that, that it, you know, as sometimes some of like the preachers like to say a fire shut up in my bones, or sometimes you don't know where the fire is mm-hmm. coming from. Um, mm-hmm. But I, but like I said, I, I, I have watched you, and I, I've watched you nurture and practice your gift um, to, to, to the body of Christ, where you want, uh, and I've watched you, it seems that you want everybody in the Bible to have their say. You don't want any yes. particular person to be shut out or to think that their yes. gift is not is smaller than somebody else's gift. And I've watched important. Yes. Say that. Yes, yes, I'd like you to talk a little bit more about that. Maybe it's through an experience that you had or something that you that you see the body of Christ is doing. Well, the first thing is I think it's Matthew twenty eight twenty eight said we should make disciples, mm-hmm. and it's. Uh, to say go out into the world and make disciples. And so uh, I believe I, I believe that I should have been nurtured in a different way. I didn't go to Bible school. Well, I went to Bible school. I didn't finish Bible school. And I didn't go to seminary. But I have read so much because I was so curious about this thing called Christianity. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, most of it that I read, I, I began to realize, and this is what I'm realizing even more, uh, Reverend Owens, is that everything that I have, everything that we have as believers, we're supposed to give it away. Mm-hmm. It belongs to somebody else. Yeah. And I'm all, also learning a real challenge I had with finances. I always gave but I think without understanding of what you're doing, the Bible talks about asking God for wisdom. And his wisdom is the greatest thing that we could have. And so I think that the reason that I practice what I do and the Lord has put this apostolic mantle on me of sending people out, I believe it is because I realized that there was a place in my life that I really truly needed to know God in a different way, but more than that, to support those people who have ministries and know what they have, but also to encourage people who don't know. Find out what your spiritual gifts are. And and because I realized, this is the other thing I realized, I'm telling you, this was a great revelation. 
when I discovered that there were other gifts than preaching, and I discovered that I wasn't supposed to spend my life as a born-again believer sitting in the sanctuary doing nothing and knowing that God was speaking to me about doing some things. I was ordained. I have been ordained three times, commissioned two times. But I, oops, I'm sorry. But I have not been given a building like I think I would have been given if I was a male. But what I've discovered is, God has shown me how I can exercise the apostolic mantle without a building. And that has caused me to encourage people and to teach and train people, those who want to be taught and trained. Mm -hmm. Because I tell some of the people, I know a lot. And I know a lot because I watched. And I didn't have to be led by the hand. I've Mm -hmm. read a lot of books. I've read many books, many authors. And I learned, I learned much about this thing called Christianity. And the other thing that I learned about is about the kingdom. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. That is real to me. And so the apostolic mantle came on me, even with me. <laughs> I came screaming and hollering and kicking. Right. But because I know what the spiritual gifts are and I have studied them, I recognize them. And I can recognize the spiritual gift that God has given someone. Uh, usually sometimes I don't even have to talk to them, just watch how they act. The Holy Spirit mm-hmm. will show me what their spiritual gifts are. And mm-hmm. so I am involved in the apostolic mantle movement, I should say, because I see so many born-again gifted Gifted, and that's what really gets me, gifted believers that are sitting on their gifts. And Mm -hmm. all they need just a little bit of encouragement, just a little bit. And so that is what provoked me to begin to move in the apostolic. Hmm. Very powerful. Um, Changing changing quite, um, I guess, the direction of the conversation, Um, how has your faith, helped you during difficult and challenging times? Well, Reverend Owens, you know, all I can say is that I came to where I am just like the average Christian does. Mm -hmm. And I had all the challenges. Uh, My Mm -hmm. son was in a cult, and Mm -hmm. uh, my daughter was living in sin, Mm -hmm. and I lost my husband. Uh, who I thought I would be living with until I died. I actually thought mm-hmm. I was going to go first. Mm-hmm. And so all the pains and all the woundedness that the average believer has had, I have had also. And so being saved and knowing God like I have learned to know him and desire to know him even better is the only way that I could have survived. I had a nervous breakdown before I began to walk with the Lord like I should. And uh, so that's another story. But the bottom line is that I actually grabbed a hold of God. And, and grabbing a hold of God, we we say these little statements, sayings, you know, and don't explain them. Grabbing a hold of God simply means crying out, Lord, I need you. I need I can't live without you. Mm-hmm. And not being ashamed, but desperation, desperation 
will cause you to say, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, help me, help me. And you know what the Bible says? David said, when I called on him, he answered. Mm-hmm. And that's what I have learned. When I mm-hmm. call on God, and he says, ask, seek, and knock. And he simply means that if you want something, ask. He already knows, but mm-hmm. he wants us to participate in this thing called Christianity and this thing called relationship. I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, how can I have a relationship with Jesus Christ if I'm not talking to him, mm-hmm. if I'm not saying and, and 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 I just discovered for sure. I said this, but I just discovered. I was reading Oswald Chambers, mm-hmm. and the day that my husband passed, I read Oswald Chambers, December thirtieth, that morning, and it di- I had didn't even know or recognize what it was saying, but I knew that I trusted my uh, my husband more mm-hmm. than I trusted God. I knew that, and I kept asking the Lord. Why did you take my husband? Why did you take my husband? And I would say to myself, I know I trusted him more than you, I did you. Instead of asking you, I would mm. ask him for what mm. I wanted. Well, I just read Oswald Chambers this week, December 30th, because December 30th is coming up, which will mm. be the 12th anniversary of my husband going home to be with the Lord. Mm. And two words that were in there that probably – was probably stated about ten times was called natural virtues, mm. natural virtues, and what Jesus wants is that we want to become more like him, not dependent on our natural virtues or anything natural for that mm. matter, and so it was a confirmation that the Lord was saying that uh I was trusting my husband more than him. And so today, I trust Jesus more than I trust anybody else. Mm. That's how I got to this place. I trust mm. God. I love God. I love Jesus. Mm. And you really get me to the bottom and put me out here. I don't talk like this too often, but I know people see Christ in me. Mm. You know, you, you said something that really spurred me um, when you were talking about um, crying out crying out to God. A lot of times we get into mm-hmm. difficulty and we don't cry out. A lot of, right. I, I particularly say men don't do that because men don't cry in public. Men right. go out there to their, to their specific corners of their caves and don't say anything. They just moan. But there is a cry. There is a Jesus coming to Jesus. You have to say, I want you. You're the one that I yes. want. You know, we, you know, my, my wife is big. Most of my husbands, I'm going to say husbands, I'm going to say more husbands in general. Whenever there's, there's an issue, um, and, and with the wife, you know, we, we don't, and what is it? I'm coming to you. What's the problem? Uh, what we do is we just assume. Um, and mm-hmm. Jesus wants us personally. I want, he wants us to come to him. Cry out then. Yes. It's nothing. To being unmasculine about crying to Jesus, who is above me, uh, I don't mind being called the bride of Christ. I'm not too masculine to say, you know, I can't be a bride. You know, I, I don't mind being a bride. It's the fact that that I love Him too, and 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 to come to that realization that that I'm far below what I should be, 
But I know when, when it's all over, when he comes again, I'll be what I'm supposed to be then. But right now I'm far below and I'm just, I just need to cry out. And we don't cry out enough, in my opinion. So that, that really spurred well, me when you said that. Well, you know, I, what, what I think, um, Reverend Owens, I think that there are no examples for humble men that, uh, no example of humble men, men who are so humble that they don't walk around cocky and assured and prideful that men need to see men in a place where they are crying, even in, in their prayer time, uh, in, in, in groups of men, those men's meetings that, 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 that you all have. There needs to be a, a man there, um, Second Chronicles 7.14. Oops, I keep doing that. I'm so sorry. That's okay. Second, Second Chronicles uh, 7.14. He said, if my people mm-hmm. who are called by my name mm-hmm. would humble themselves and seek my face, and see, humbling is something that we don't want to do as believers, but it is it is key. It is absolutely necessary because otherwise that spirit of pride will take us and destroy us. And we're still walking around cocky, assuming that we are humble and that and we are Christians. He said, if we will humble ourselves and seek his face, and you're the, you're the one who knows the Greek. I I declare that seeking his face means getting on your face and wallowing. And so seeking his face means looking for him and looking for him hard for me. And Mm -hmm. and he said, if you will humble yourself, seek my face. Then he said, turn from your wicked ways. And he's not talking about the unbeliever. He's talking about the believer. Mm -hmm. We have wicked ways. Mm -hmm. And so he said then... um, he said, I would, I would hear from heaven, I forgive your sins, and I will heal your land. But mm-hmm. there's so much that goes on in that Second Chronicles 7.14 mm-hmm. that it, 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 it should change our lives if we mm-hmm. really get with it. And so a men's group, a cell group or something needs to be taught that scripture, and then somebody needs to exercise it before them because there's so many broken men, wounded, hurt men yes. in the world. Believers yes. born again, and yes. unforgiving, holding anger and bitterness. And that's why I have a passion for the deliverance ministry, because mm-hmm. I'm seeing God's people set free from strongholds in their lives. Mm. You know, one of the things you just said kind of flows into the next question where, uh, unfortunately, um, the church, um, and it doesn't intend to, but a lot of times the church eats its own. And the church is responsible for a lot of the people that have been beaten um, because we just assume we want to have card, card cookie-cutter Christians. We always want Christians acting this way. This way, if you fall out of that line, then you're not a Christian. You just have to be doing this. And the body of Christ has many gifts, has many, and has many, bring many things to the body. So um, we can't be upset if someone sits on and prays on his left knee if he, because we want to think we already pray on his right knee. And I think the church is kind of responsible for that, that, that kind of, of, of um, belief system. 
that we're so quick to condemn people and, con- uh, and condemn people. And Jesus did not come to condemn. Jesus came to convict. And I think we get out of that, that mode because we're kind of full of ourselves. If you, if you understand what I'm talking about. Uh, of course, I understand what you're saying, but I'm going to go someplace else with that because this has always been a concern for me. There are a whole lot of buildings where people meet in them, and they're not necessarily churches. Mm, mm, mm. And so I usually say, and I had someone who got offended, the Church of Jesus Christ, because the Church of Jesus Christ is not all these buildings that are called churches, because mm-hmm. so much goes on, as much sometimes goes on inside of those buildings as it does in the club on the weekend. And mm-hmm. so... The bottom line is that some of the folk who wounded and uh, beat up, uh, they might as well stay on their jobs because until they find a place where the word of God is coming forth, and I often say to them, if you don't hear Jesus and see Jesus, you need to leave. You need mm-hmm. to leave real quick uh, if you don't see Jesus. And so people go into these places with expectations, and they don't receive what they expect. And so they become wounded because the, the church, quote unquote, is looking just like the world. And mm-hmm. then they get confused. I'm dealing with a young man right now who, 25 years old, I think he is, who has been frustrated and his mind is blown, but he is a Holy Ghost filled young man. He mm-hmm. knows the Lord. And one of the things he asked me is, do I have to go to church? I said, well, the Bible says iron sharpens iron. You mm. need to be around things. And if right. you don't get sharpened, and so if the word is coming forth in the right way mm. and explain to uh, new believers that um, there is a natural man and there's a spirit man, mm. and the natural man is going to always be doing something that is ungodly. And so because you see a, a, a man who is a born-again believer that you have put your trust in, and that's why we don't put our trust in man, because I tell people, don't don't put me on no pedestal, because mm-hmm. I will fall off every time. I mm-hmm. promise you. Because when time comes where you want me to do, you want me to do what you want me to do, and I don't do it, then I fell off your pedestal. Mm. So trust mm. God because mm. God is the one that you should put on the pedestal because mm. he will never disappoint you. But I will disappoint you for sure. And yeah. so when I went into church, I realized that I was in the place where God would have me to be. He sent me there, New Covenant mm. Church of Philadelphia. And yeah. I would get up in the pulpit and I would say sometimes where we, you and I both were, and I would say, I'm not leaving this church. Nobody in here can make me leave until Jesus comes. Mm-hmm. I said, I will be here until Jesus. And I believe that. Well, how how did I know that God was going to grow me up in that church mm-hmm. and going to take me out? I didn't know mm-hmm. that. I didn't know mm-hmm. that he was going to move me out of there. And so in moving me out, he has opened up ministry to me in a way that I've never seen before. But mm-hmm. in the interim what you're saying about the church wounding people. Mm -hmm. So many people have not been trained. Their leaders, quote, unquote, 
They have not been trained as leaders. They don't have no business being leaders, and they have no business overseeing people. And so when you find a church where people are being trained as leaders and taught the way they should be, but all leaders have shortcomings. All the and all leaders don't operate in the gifts all the time that they need. And one is, and I say it this way, is giving away the ministry. Mm. When you mm. give away, when you give away the ministry, there's usually somebody there who will cover the leaders, leaders back. Yes. Somebody who has the compassion of Jesus. If you don't have the compassion that you should have, but just the compassion for preaching or the compassion for teaching, but somebody's got to lead, lead them at some point. And so, again, that's where the cell groups come in. But those cell group leaders got to be taught and trained, too. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. in between, yes, the church beats up a whole lot of people. Mm-hmm. Because some folk who listen to me are going to say, no, my church is a church. And so <laughs> your church is is responsible for beating up some people and yes. most churches because you yes. got some folk in them beat up some people. Yes. So how do I relate to it? Again, I had a young woman to tell me how she got wounded in the church and she wanted to know how did I manage? Mm. I stayed in the word, I'm telling you. Um, yeah. I stayed in the word, Reverend Owens, in that I wanted to know how Jesus did it. And sometimes I tell people, read the red writing in the Bible. Mm. And for sure mm. you'll find out how Jesus did it. You will find out how Jesus did it. And that's how I wanted to do it. And yes. that protected me from a lot of crazy stuff that I could have taken on because I wasn't thinking about it. Mm. And the Lord showed me the devil real quick, too, by the way. Mm. Yeah. This time is going pretty fast, Reverend Love. I know you were concerned about that, but not doing it a long time. Um, but there is one one question I like to ask, and what, well, you you've already answered one question that I one of the questions I asked about discussing your relationship with Christ in a few words, and I think you just you've been discussing your relationship with Christ over these answers in these last few questions. But this last question I want to ask you, and um, you 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 are the apostle Paul in the Bible, and I want to Good, good. Then I want you, as the apostle Paul, to make your closing argument to bring others to the faith of Jesus Christ. Um, I'll make my closing argument like this: anything that you want, hard enough, bad enough, or for sure. You got to fight for it. Mm. Anything that you think you want, you got to make a decision to go after it. Anything you think you want, I heard the saying that if you want somebody not to know something, put it in a book. And mm. so, read, 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 read. Find the topic that you, whatever your question is in your mind and your spirit, read, read, read the word, read books that relate to the topic that you you're studying. God kind of uh, kicked me out there for uh, deliverance. I didn't have a clue what deliverance was. And he just actually put a book in my hand. I had no idea where it came from. Next mm-hmm. thing I knew, I'm studying deliverance ministry and didn't know what I was doing. 
but your hunger and your desire, and you can't be lazy. You can't be lazy. You can't let uh, movies and uh, Facebook and all that other stuff be the answer to your walk with the Lord. So if you really, truly want to grow in the Lord, you have to make a decision. You have to make a living decision to be different, too. The Bible says we are, what do you say? Uniquely, not uniquely. Yeah, uniquely, uniquely and wonderfully made. Yeah, we're different. We're mm-hmm. different as born again. Mm-hmm. And the stronger yeah. you get it with the Lord, grow in the Lord, the more you grow, the more you're going to be different. Mm-hmm. I could tell you a little story, something that happened recently, but um, one of the things about growing in the Lord is that the devil knows who you are. Mm-hmm. The devil knows yeah. who you are. That's right. So don't, 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 don't be surprised if you become under attack. Vigorous attack that you try well, to Well, you know, my thing is, if you're not under attack, my my thing is, you must be agreeing with the enemy. <laughs> and so, and so, what happens is, after a while, you recognize the enemy, the devil, and you say, "Oh, I know who you are," and you move on. You said, mm-hmm. "You don't have any time here. There's nothing here for you," you know. And so. And, and you get strong in it. I'm hoping that we don't get disconnected. I have a little challenge with my phone sometimes. But uh, it seems to be doing well. You're doing so, fine. Uh, You're doing that's, fine. That's, those are my feelings. Okay. All right. Um, well, in, in closing, what I want to do is, um, is, is there anything um, that in during this conversation that, that you want to make your final statement about? Um, that maybe you sparked sparked an interest in uh, you commenting on? Well, uh, one of the things that I want to say is that as a born-again believer, once you get saved and you get involved in the church, the first thing you need to do is you need to go to a new member's classes. You need to stay in Bible study. Whenever the door opens and there's a teaching going on, you need to stay there. You need to do your own teaching, at least studying. You need to do that if you want. You need to, you need to take ownership of your own spiritual life. And if you don't take ownership of it, because that's what the relationship with Jesus Christ is. It's one-on-one. It's a one-on-one intimate relationship with him. And until we get to seek him out and learn that, we will never, ever find a balanced place in our spiritual walk. And so if there's anything I want to say is that as a born-again believer, you have to pursue Christ. And in pursuing Christ, you do that through his word, through prayer, through fasting, through fellowship. And any uh, weight that you bring into the kingdom from the world, you ask God to take it away from you, and he will take it away. I know that very well. And you just have to ask him and mean it. And you say, Lord, I need you to help me because I want to go back to that club on Friday night. Well, go online and find some uh, concerts, Christian concerts somewhere, and, and, and go to, go to those, attend those Christian concerts. There's plenty for born-again believers to do today. And always, always we need a mentor. We always need 
That's what I would like to close with. Well, first of all, I, I, I want to thank you, Reverend Love. You have been a mentor to me. You've been a guide to me, um, even when sometimes I didn't even know you were. Um, I appreciate Reverend Love and what, what she's been in my life. She's been very powerful. I pray that uh, things will that, that God will continue to bless you and your ministry and your family um, as you go on and spark them. I want to I want to thank Reverend Love and I want to thank you um, for listening to our podcast. I hope that it is it has blessed you. I hope that you will uh, seek out Reverend Love and her ministry, Oral Love Ministry. It is a great ministry. I pray that you will sometimes listen on the prayer line. It is a great thing to be prayed for, to listen in prayer, and be encouraged in prayer. And she has been a blessing, and I pray that others will continue to draw close to her. Thank you for listening to our podcast. God bless you, and I want to remind you that Jesus is Lord. God bless you. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Real good. Thank you for listening. Our prayer is that you return and listen to our additional episodes. God bless you. Have a great day. Hello, this is Reverend David Owens, and I want to welcome you to our podcast of Five five Fish and Two Loaves. These brothers today have me excited. I want to introduce you to my brother Albert, who has been with me before, the right pastor, Bob Oliver of New Covenant Church of Philadelphia, my good friend and golf buddy. He's my partner, Albert M. Go Ministers. (laughs) And we're here to talk to Reverend Lewis Gregory, a mighty man of God. And um, I want you to understand that our conversations today are to reflect how Jesus has affected our lives and our testimony about what he's done for us because people need to hear that. People need to hear that, you know, good times are not always good for those who follow Jesus Christ. Sometimes we go through down settings of testimony, uh, trials, so that we can have a testimony. And my brother has a great testimony today. Lewis, how are you doing today? I'm blessed to the Lord. Oh, it's good to see you. I, I know that you were a man of God, a believer in Jesus Christ. So tell us a little about your, the history of your faith walk with Christ. I was uh, born again in 1976, coming out of the service. Mm-hmm. Um, God uh, arrested me because I had other plans for my life. But God intercepted those plans and uh, showed me his need, my need for him. And from that day forward, I gave my life to the Lord in August of 1976. And I've been walking with God ever since. Mm. That's, that's great. That's great. Um, 
As far as I, I know that we have always talked about your relationship with Christ and how he is, is he's taken you through a lot of your trials and your tribulations. Okay. Um, right now, um, you happen to be going through some down settings with your health right now. Yeah. Um, tell me how that has kind of focused you on, on your walk with Christ. Well, this is a two-part story. Around about 2012, I uh, first had my feet, toes, right toes amputated because I caught an infection and gangrene set in. Mm. And uh, I made the decision to cut them off. Mm -hmm. Well, I was in Caring Heart Nursing Home on Germantown Avenue mm -hmm. uh, for some time. And one day, I was sitting on the side of the bed, and the Holy Spirit, I said to the Holy Spirit, God, I've been walking with you for 38 years, mm. and I don't know you. Now, that didn't mean I didn't, I wasn't saved. I am saved mm -hmm. and was saved. But I don't have the reason to trust God because mm. I did everything in my own strength. Mm -hmm. And I sat there and I said, oh, like, Lord, I don't know you. And there's a scripture that said Israel was acquainted with my actions, but Moses knew my way. That's right. That's right. Moses knew what That's moved right. God. Yes. Mm. Yes. And the people on the periphery was looking at the action of God. Mm. And that's where God started to send me into his time of revealing to me him. Mm -hmm. Now, fast forward to one day, I'm talking to you as plainer than I'm trying to talk now. Mm -hmm. The next day, no, I was gone. I was at home, chained a hinge on the door, and I dropped the screwdriver. And I picked it up, I dropped it again. I picked it up, so I said to my ex-wife, that explanation will come out later, um, you better take me to the hospital. Now, I don't know why mm -hmm. I knew something was going on, mm -hmm. but she took me and I told them I think I'm having a stroke, mm -hmm. and I, sure enough, Mm. One day I'm talking, the next day I'm paralyzed on the right side. Mm. Mm. I couldn't talk. But God has a plan. Yes. Mm. And um, I'm learning now 
to walk with God, and no matter how difficult it is, you win mm-hmm. still. And I, I come to the point now, I, when I had another stroke, there was bleeding on my brain. I, I didn't know how to handle that. Mm-hmm. And then for a week, I start to feel sorry for myself. Mm-hmm. God, I served you. As best I know how, all these years. Mm-hmm. Now, why do you let me have a stroke? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I accepted the fact that I had to learn how to minister all over again because I had no toes. And I couldn't preach. Now, you know when you're a preacher, <laughs> yes, you don't right. stand in one place. That's right, that's right. Unless you ain't got no anointing. <laughs> that's right, that's right, that's you right. Know, so <laughs> I had to I try to compensate for that. And the Lord said something to me I'll never forget. Uh-huh. He said, you might be diminished. But my anointing is not. Come on, Mm -hmm. man. Mm -hmm. Come on. Mm -hmm. Brother, Mm -hmm. so uh, one of the brothers invited me to another minister at the Mercy Nursing Home Mm -hmm. and sent me in a chair. That anointing came through. (laughs) Yes. And the fire of God came through. Yes. I said, oh, yeah, all right, Lord, I I got it. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. Uh, You are not diminished. Yeah. so, I was telling Deacon Blackstop, I wouldn't trade where I am. Because mm-hmm. it took me a week to accept the fact that I had a stroke. Mm-hmm. I was angry. I was disgusted with God. Mm. <clears throat> I'm I'm being real with you. That's what we want. I I'm, I was disgusted at him, and then I said, "All right, Lord, I promise you one thing: I will work as hard as I can mm-hmm. to get back what I lost. The rest is on you." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I left it like that. Mm-hmm. And if I had to do it over again, I wouldn't change a thing. Mm. For a two-year period, I had 14 operations, 14 surgical procedures Mm -hmm. where they cut on my body. Mm. And God brought me through that. Mm -hmm. So I know. Yes. He's going to bring me through this. Yes. And I started praying, all right, God, why am I here? It's not for you just to heal me. Why am I here? Mm-hmm. And one day the preacher that was supposed to come didn't come. <laughs> and so uh, the lady that was in charge said, we we're going to take some testimonies. I'm sitting in the back mind of my business. Come and tell me that, tell my story. 
Big mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody should have told them. They give you a glass of water. They give you a glass of water. So I gave my testimony. I showed them what it is to have a relationship with the Lord. Come on, man. Based on my testimony. Yes. Then I gave my opportunity to receive this Lord I'm talking about. Go ahead, about. man. Uh, go ahead, go ahead. And I... I say that now, I say, God, I wouldn't change anything you're doing because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I have a faith that's anchored in Christ mm-hmm. that I'm going to walk in being. God gave me dunamis power. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I, more than dynamite power. Mm-hmm. It's more than that. Mm-hmm. It's the very creative power of Christ. Yes. I can speak to my body, mm. and it has to obey my voice, not the voice of Jesus. He has to obey my voice. Mm. That is the revelation God is showing me now. Mm. Mm. It's more than um, what somebody else says. Mm-hmm. What I read in scripture, mm-hmm. what I speak to this body in the name of Jesus, yes. Jesus. Yes. it has to obey yes. my voice. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I know mm-hmm. I will walk again yes. when God is finished with me here. I see you. Mm. Yes, sir. When I touch the people here. Yes, sir. He wants them to touch. Mm-hmm. And Paul gives us a good example of that. Many places he went. He said, "I must appeal to Caesar. Mm-hmm. I must go to Rome." Yes, you see, I, <clears throat> God can deliver me, but I must go to Rome because mm-hmm. many people he has there mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. have not heard the, gospel, right. the name of Christ. Yes, and I found out it's a privilege. You in God's corner. Yes. You in God's in crowd. When He can trust you through a trial mm-hmm. to reach His people. Mm-hmm. Everybody <coughs> have that privilege. Mm-hmm. I kind of a privilege. Yes, sir. To have God choose me. Yes. To suffer mm-hmm. that I might change people to His kingdom. Yes. Yes, you know, I, 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 I'm so, I'm so impacted. I know the other brothers are impacted too, but I'm, I'm just hearing, get out of the way and let God. Mm-hmm. It's just we need to get out of the way. Yeah. We're just not. We, we sometimes we get so high and mighty about mm-hmm. ourselves, about mm-hmm. our own and self-importance, but it's mm-hmm. not us. It's but it's Christ in us. Yeah. And as the Bible says, Christ in you, the hope for glory. Yeah. I, I just see that all over you that you're yeah. going through that, and and um. Sometimes, and um, I call this going through a crisis of faith. Mm-hmm. And with my crisis of faith for me was the death of my brother, my younger wow. brother. Yes. And yeah. I used to, when it was when I was a young minister, I used to go over his house every day, lay in my hands and pray on him, you know, mm-hmm. to do this, everything the Lord, the Lord mm-hmm. said. Where else the, the Bible says, you lay on him and I know he's going to become mm-hmm. well and I know he's going to rise up. I can see it. I can see him dancing before the Lord. Mm-hmm. And they called me one morning right after men's prayer and um, said that uh, he, he, was, he had died. 
I know what you went through. Yeah, I mean, I, I go over to the house and Lord, I did everything I was supposed mm-hmm. to. I, I, I did, I did column A, I did column B, I did column C, and he still died. But it healed him. And I, and I was, I was, I was just, and you know, you're right. And I was driving up the boulevard. Getting my father to bring him on, bring him over to my brother's house where to show him what he did, and I'm saying, God, why, God, why, God, why, God? And God talked to me, and He said, "If you're not going to believe me, who are you going to believe?" Mm-hmm. And that was my answer to prayer. And now He's giving me, He's giving now He's giving me more brothers than I can take. You know, I got these two brothers right here. Yeah. I got another short brother out there, crazy <laughs> mad man, <laughs> named, named John Mackey. But I got other brothers. I got, he's giving me, he's surrounded me with men yeah. who have been brothers to me. Yeah. So God is for, so he's filled up. I, I'll, they'll never fill up the place of my brother, mm-hmm. but he's giving me brothers to help me and to, to have all the, act, all the all attributes of my brother. So you're right. That's God. Mm-hmm can sustain you, and I see it all yeah. over you. Yeah. And um, I want to give my other brothers the opportunity to talk and ask you some questions and engage with you. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> rather than ask a question, I want to say something that I hope encourages you because you encouraged me so much. Okay. I remember when I came up to Temple to see you on a Tuesday, and then I got word on Wednesday that uh, you were unable to talk. I said, that can't be true. I saw <laughs> and then And then I came here and we fellowshiped together. And I sense that your faith has never wavered, mm-hmm. regardless of what you've been through. Yeah. And you said something that is a revelation that most of us don't get. This topic is about two fish and five loaves. Mm-hmm. And you said, I know now that I can command my body not Jesus. I can, mm-hmm. and it has to obey. The disciples, when he, when he did the miracle of the mm-hmm. two fish and five loaves, he had them participate in the miracle. Yes. They handed out the food. Yes. But they thought it was just him. Mm-hmm. What he was trying to teach them is you have a part in I, this. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And yeah. after they mm. left, he told them to get in a mm. boat and go to the other side. Mm, yes. He went up to pray. He saw mm. them straining. Mm. And in Luke 6 and 52, it says, for they had not understood about the loaves because their heart was hard. I sense, brother preacher, that you understand that it's your role to participate in the miracle. That's the reason he had them give out the, and they didn't realize they were unconscious because their heart is hard. And so I'm so encouraged hearing that you've received that revelation from mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. and I can't wait to see you get up. Mm-hmm. Continue to mm-hmm. command your body, mm-hmm. and it's got to obey. Yeah. But there are mm-hmm. things that God has for you right here, mm-hmm. and when that is done, you're going to walk up out of here. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yes. I have that vision in my heart. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Pastor. Yes, sir. Mm. Mm. Yes, sir. Mm. 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 Wow. Wow. When I came up to visit you, uh, the word that uh, Pastor Oliver asked me to come to visit you, mm-hmm. and, and I texted him that evening, and, and the only word I could think of is transformation. Mm-hmm. Because I was just, I know Louis Gregory, but this is a new mm. Louis Gregory. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know if you could speak to brothers who are 
trying to pursue their purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, is there, because it's something about a living faith. Mm. And I believe you are a living faith because it requires, when, when there's suffering involved, and we're trying to look at the facts, and then we're trying to look at faith, you know, what would you say to a brother as he's trying to find his place in Christ, in the body life of Christ? Uh, one of the things that is sustaining me um, is that many other afflictions Mm. of the righteous. righteous. Yes. But the Lord delivers them uh, out of them them all. That's right. All of them. All of them. That's it. Mm. And when you find yourself in that trial, first of all, God considers you righteous. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's a privilege mm. he bestows on them yes. who are the righteous. Yes. The, and the, for the, the righteousness of God in Christ. Um, and he delivers you out of all the difficulty, the, the trial that you might go through. But you can't shy away from that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Many uh, uh, men and women don't find the peace that God offers you from going through mm-hmm. because you are afraid of the trial. And we don't understand it as a trial. Mm-hmm that shows us his love, his peace, and his joy. We don't understand that. Hmm. And so we resist that. And God is trying to say to us, if you just work with me and follow me, I'll do you good and not evil. And I have come to learn now as I'm going through the various things I'm going through and have been through, God is with me. He is for me. And if God be for me, yes, mm, yes, who, who can, can be, be against? against? Yes, come on, come on, come on brother. And scripture now is starting to come alive. Mm-hmm. I I didn't bring my Bible <clears throat> with me because I wanted God to talk to me. Mm. And every mm. night I come and mm. go to sleep mm. with a word from the Lord in my heart. One night I'm battling anxiety. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm not giving you the spirit of fear, mm. but power and love 
and a sound mind. Mm. Yes. So Satan, you yeah. come at me, mm. but you will never win mm -hmm. because I have authority over you. Yes. Mm. Yes. And see, this word is coming alive in my heart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when I preach it and then I, uh, again, you talking about an anointing and the release of God's power, I feel in the spirit that I'm giving birth to a healing ministry. Come on. Hallelujah. Supernatural. Mm. You don't go through this just to go through it. Mm. God got purpose. Yes. Purpose. Whatever we go through, if we go through it, I don't mean to get loud. Go ahead, man. <laughs> no, no. You're supposed to get. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Go ahead. But go ahead. God's got purpose. Yes. Yeah. If we come through the underside. Yes. But you got to go through mm -hmm. to the other side. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. And we know that all things yes. work, work together, together. Yes. for the good of them who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. That's your purpose mm -hmm. to That's preach. Right. That's yes. why you're preaching now. That's right. You're yes. saying when That's I right. preach, you're already preaching. <laughs> yeah. It's in you. It's in your bones. That's yes. your purpose. Yes. 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 Then he yes. yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Glory. Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. Born for knowledge. Yes. Mm -hmm. That I will accept the challenge mm -hmm. they have put before me. Yes. It's, 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 yes, it's, sir. Powerful. it's powerful. You don't have your Bible with you, but you, you got are living you. a living It's in you. It's yeah. in you. It's written it's on written your on heart. It's written heart. on your heart. Amen. But usually I ask, at this time I ask people to go back, mm -hmm. to go back to that point where that event that turned them to Christ. And you've been talking about these secondary events, but I want to talk about your first event, your primary event that made you decide that you're going to follow Jesus, whether it happened whether you were a little boy or whether you were a teenager. Just talk about, talk about the surroundings of that event and, okay. and, and the occurrences. I was uh, 21, um, and I had just gotten out of the military army. And uh, a friend of mine, who was a militant like I was, mm -hmm. we were planning, in our minds, a revolution. <laughs> Tulu, knucklehead from <laughs> North Philadelphia. <laughs> planning an old big revolution. And uh, so uh, he was on Thorzing is a powerful narcotic to level him off because he was out there. Right. I don't know except the, the grace of God that didn't let me become bad as he was. Mm -hmm. God has been favoring my life all along. And I didn't see it. I didn't know it. But anyhow, um, my mother had a vision of me 
And she said, I went up into the sky, and my feet was like brandest brass. Hmm. And she told me that vision. Three weeks later, I'm at my job. I'm working overtime. I was working at 1528 Walnut Street for United Engineers. I knew that, yeah. And uh, there was a revival going on at my church. Now, just prior to this, I started reading the Book of Acts. Now I say the Book of Acts. I'm talking about the old, the whole book. Mm. I started reading Luke, the whole book. Mm -hmm. And so I went to church wanting the Holy Ghost. Yes. Because I saw the power mm. of that in the scripture. But I didn't know I needed to be saved. Mm. I missed that part. <laughs> it's, wait, 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 wait. It's a, it's a lot of people missed their part. It's a, <laughs> Maybe you should have read John too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so one night I'm working and I walked from there to Broad and Poplar. Mm -hmm. the, from the job to Broad and Poplar. Um, and I think it was a Thursday night, and um, several of my family was there, I want to say most of them, and I didn't tell anybody I was going that night. Mm -hmm. And uh, I sat in this, you know, I'll and um, the evangelist said, as it was preaching for a while, there are souls that God wants to save me. And if I wasn't the first one that raised my hand, I was the second. Mm. And when I went out, gave my heart to the Lord, one of the elders came and laid his hands on me. And God said to him, when you lay your hands on him, oh God, I'm just so told him that I might yeah. be mm. God said, I'm gonna fill him with the Holy Ghost. Yes. Mm. Ah, God. <laughs> I got it all that night. Mm. Mm. Ooh. I went home, I had a bottle of Papa Pink, and a Cool 100. Mm -hmm. I smoked half of the Cool 100. I looked at it. I said, God, you don't want me to do this anymore. Mm. That was 42 years ago. Mm. I haven't had a craving for it. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I haven't had craving for a type of pink or any other kind of pink. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> mm. God saved me. Mm. Mm. The New Testament became my friend. Yes. Sometime I would study the words for 14, 15 hours. Mm. 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 Uninterrupted. 
Mm. All the Old Testament. Don't ask me why. One day I was studying, I saw a vision of a book, a book. Two days later, I saw a man coming to the box, selling the book called Patriarchs and Prophets. The exact same book I saw in the vision. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> God was filling me with the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. It was probably two years before I really started studying the New Testament. Mm -hmm. So my background has been in the Old Testament. But that's how I became a Christian. Mm -hmm. And aside from the challenges that all of us have, yes. I've been faithful to Christ yes. and my walk. Mm -hmm. And as I said, I wouldn't change my life, yes. nor the road that it's taken me mm -hmm. for anything. Now I I I I hear a lot of humility. I know my brother's brother brothers, the other brothers hear that too, and I know Albert is particularly involved with men's ministry at um, New Covenant, and I know humility is what he's trying to instill <laughs> in the brothers, so they can let God come and do some work in their lives. Mm -hmm. So I I I think what is what would be your advice about trying to instill humility? In, in the brothers today? I, I don't think I could instill that. I can be an example of that. But the first thing is the brothers had to recognize their need for humility in their life. Mm. If you brought around with a sense of false pride, mm. pseudo-humility, mm -hmm. um, then you're going to miss God. And he can't work in you. Mm -hmm. Humility is something that has to be worked in you. And if you allow God to work in your life, I believe earnestly starts for, with humility. He said, a broken and a contrite spirit, yes, the Lord God will not despise. God has to break us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A pride. This is the pride. Your grace. That you. was my problem, mm -hmm. and I didn't know it. Mm -hmm. That I was proud, but it was a false pride. Mm -hmm. And about begin to allow him to work in me, he broke me. Now he's doing it where everybody can see him mm -hmm. 
breaking me. And when I tell you the joy <laughs> of the Lord, mm. it is my strength. Yes, Amen. Lord. Yes, yes, yes. 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 Hallelujah. Uh, Hallelujah. I really mean that. Hallelujah. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And the joy comes from Him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, Lord. Strengthen him with might in his inner man. Lord, we thank you for everything that you're doing with your servant. We thank you for the supernatural healing ministry that is coming out of him even now. Yes, Lord. Thank you for the joy that strengthens him. Thank you for the joy that is full of glory. Full of glory. Thank you for your glory that's all around him, yes, that's Lord. all over him, that is coming through him. Yes. I pray that every soul that you want to touch in this place would be touched because of your touch upon him. It is so, and so it is. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Mm. 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 Amen. You, you know, some of my greatest memories um, when I was in the worship service at New Covenant was looking over in the corner and watching this brother walk. He was sharp. Brother sharp. He looked at, he would walk in, he was ready to say, if, if you weren't ready to preach, he going to jump up there and preach. The brother, the brother was just ready. So I was excited. I always said, what's this? He came in with pinstripes and with the shoes, man. Yeah, you, 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 you were not only wearing on the outside, you were wearing on the inside, too, right? So you, 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 were, you were really looking good, my brother. It, it was always good to see you up there. And I listened to you preach a couple of times, and I was kind of excited to hear you. You, you, you bought the word. Um, I, I think that, that God is, is doing a great thing. I, I, and I, I see it. I know the other brothers see it, too, that God is doing something with you, that he's taking you through this shift. And it's mm -hmm. not just, you know, business as usual. We all get up on Sunday, preach, mm -hmm. and then go home and, and carry on. But he's doing something for you that's going to change you every day for 24-7. That mm -hmm. You're not just going to be looking at church the same. When, when, when everybody walks out of the doors of the church on Sunday, you're going to be looking for the next worship service and the yeah. next worship service and the next yeah. worship service. Because you in, you're right now giving him worship for what he's done for you. Even though you're going through this, this experience, the same kind of experience that, that Jacob went through when, when, you know, he was wrestling with God. And he says, hey, I won't let you go until you bless me. Mm -hmm. And God blesses him by giving him a limp. Mm -hmm. But see, that limp was to slow him down mm -hmm. so that he could realize that he was being blessed by God. And because of that, he blessed the whole nation. Because of you, he's blessing the whole nation. Yes, yes. I really believe that. Um, well, and I know it's just been great. It's been great. Um, but we, we do have to start to close, wind it down. So I'm going to put you up on that pulpit. I'm going to put you in those beautiful clothes I used to see you on Sunday. And I want you to give your closing argument for people coming to Christ. Mm. 
for anyone that has not, not come to the realization their need for Jesus Christ as Lord of their life. I challenge you to examine Jesus and you see that he is authentic. He is forever God. Mm -hmm. He is the living word of God. And for you, he came down through 42 generations mm. and died on a rugged cross. Yes. For your sins and mine. Mm -hmm. The scripture says, all have sinned. Right. That means you, me, mm -hmm. every human being in the world has sinned and gotten short of the glory of God. Yes. But God so loved the world mm. that if you were the only person in it, mm. Jesus would have still mm. come down and given him life for you. Mm. That's how much he loves you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And all you need to do is recognize that fact. Yes. Lord, I am a sinner. And I believe you died for my sins. Come into my heart. I give you my life. I don't know how to live this life, mm -hmm. but if you will teach me, I will follow you mm -hmm. for the rest of my life. Yes, yes. Anybody that has this confession, mm -hmm. come to the altar and meet this living Savior. Mm -hmm and give him your life in exchange for his eternal life. In Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. 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 As Pastor Bob, if he has any closing remarks. That was a powerful evangelistic message. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just a summation. It wasn't just a closing argument. That was a phenomenally powerful evangelistic call. And so I thank God for the grace that is on your life. Mm -hmm. He created you to be what you are, a preacher. And I'm so glad to hear the mm -hmm. ministry that God has given to you, this supernatural mm -hmm. healing ministry, which is so much needed. The devil is buffeting people about. Mm. And I, I love Acts 10 and 3, 38, mm. your favorite book. It says oh, that Jesus went about yes, healing all those oh, who were oppressed by the devil. Mm. And so I, I see God 
delivering many from oppression mm -hmm. because of the anointing that is on your life. Mm -hmm. I thank God for the grace that is upon your life, mm -hmm. Reverend Lewis Gregory. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. I want to thank <clears throat> I want to thank my guests today, my brother Albert Blackstock, my brother Pastor Bob Oliver, and my preacher, <laughs> new preacher, Reverend you. Lewis yeah. Gregory. I would like to, just like I told Albert, I would love to give you all gifts, but all I can do is I can give what I said. I just give you my Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Remember, people, God bless you, and Jesus is Lord. Have yes. a great day. Thank you. Hallelujah.